On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Choose to Think Inspirational Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I know that you could be doing 1,000 other things, but you pull me alongside you in your day, and I appreciate that so much. It I don't know that there's a greater honor when I look at the number of downloads on our show and the number of listeners, and I think, wow, I am so blessed to be a part of your day. And you know what we're missing nowadays is that intimate conversation, the intimate connections. We COVID kind of just wrecked us socially in so many ways. And we're missing just those heart to heart chats and everything seems so superficial in so many ways. But this venue, this podcast is one way that you and I can sit down together, or you could be walking or commuting or doing dishes or a gazillion other things, and we can just connect in. And I'm so glad that you are getting to know me. I would love to get to know you more. And some of you I do know, but others I would just so love to get to know you. And if you ever feel so inclined, please shoot me an email at choose to think at gmail.com. I'm sorry, choose to think at gmail.com. And that's with the number two. I would love to know who you are and what's going on in your life. Things are so busy. We're revving up with the ministries for this fall with the Choose to Think Ministries. And of course, we have our book, the Choose to Think 365 Day Devotional has been completely revised. Now, it's not like a new edition or second edition. It's just a revision. So we tweaked a little bit, made some corrections, changed the margins and increased the font size on the prayer. Just little teeny editorial type things, formatting things. Some of the wording has also changed, but nothing major, major. So if you have your first copy of the first book that came out, thank you for that. If you're looking for books for gifts in the upcoming holiday season, or maybe you'd like to do this with a small group at your church, or just get even one other friend to join you in doing the devotional in 2023, I think you will be so glad that you did. Talk about intimate conversations. Talk about going deeper into what makes you tick. Talk about sharing intimate moments and being vulnerable before someone else. That's what can happen when you do this devotional with a friend or in a small group. Not only do you have accountability, but you have You have a connection with someone that's, you're connected at the heart. You're connected in meaningful ways. It's not just a a random kind of superficially friendship or relationship, but it's something more meaningful and much deeper. And we long for that. We need that. I know you need that too. So think about that book. That's coming up. We're putting the book on Audible as well so that folks can get an audio version of the book and use it maybe in a different way. And just to serve my my listeners and the folks who might be interested in buying that in that buying that book and doing that devotional in the coming year. So that's going on. Also, we'll be at Fayette Mall on September 17th and 18th. 
I would love to have you stop by. That's in Lexington, Kentucky. I'll have a big stack of those revised books. I'll have my t-shirts, the Choose to Think merch, and more. I believe my daughter will be sitting at the vendor table with me. The whole event is called Girls' Day Out, and it's all about, well, one thing, it's increasing cancer awareness, but it's also about all things women. You know, we in this day and age when gender is gender lines are blurred now we have a wonderful opportunity to say hey this is kind of women things and i'm so delighted to be a part of this and my daughter has a business called woven wonders and she's becoming a certified doula she'll be sitting at the table with me offering some wonderful discounts if you'd like a pregnancy plan after birth plan or if you actually would like to hire her as a doula she's amazing and also if you live locally or not and you would like for me to put a little gift or you have something to donate or maybe a discount that you would like to offer with your business would you please contact me and so that we can collaborate I'll have little gift bags there at the table and I'd be happy to put your business card in there maybe a discount code some little offer that you could offer to folks who stop by the booth at Fayette Mall on September 17th and 18th so it's a choose to think ministries but we're trying to combine and collaborate with a lot of other folks locally just to support you as a woman and yeah it's important that you have a woman's day out when was the last time that you had a girl's day out when was the last time that you connected with a friend over coffee or tea i know i get it it is well it sometimes it feels like you're you'd rather eat a bucket of nails than try to navigate and manage your life because so many people need you i i stopped saying that i'm busy and instead i say i'm in high demand you know that makes me feel a little bit better because I have parents who need me and I have children who need me and it's a wonderful feeling to be needed, but sometimes I need time for Victoria. Do you need time for yourself? You have children who need you. You have parents who need you or loved ones who need you. Your job needs you. The neighbors need you. You name it. Your husband, your spouse, somebody is needing you and you may feel frazzled and really kind of thin these days. So take heart. This might be just the day you need to meander around Fayette Mall, see what other booths are there and, and take a girl's day out. And maybe you can combine it with eating at the food court there at the mall. I'm not sure going out to lunch or just having a cup of coffee. And so I challenge you to connect with another woman in the next few weeks with your best friend and certainly stop by the booth. I would love to sign your book. If you want to buy a book for a gift or bring the book that you've already bought, I would love to do that. I guess we could call this a book signing as well. So uh, please join me there. I would love to meet you in person. But all of this to say, life is speeding by at mock speed. And surprisingly, you may be in your early 30s tuning into this podcast. The majority of the listeners are about my age, or maybe a little bit older. But I have a huge chunk of listeners who are in the 28 to 32 year old range. And I know you're, you may be young mothers, you may be finishing your college education, and maybe you're not knowing which way to go. And so you tune into the show because you think, you know, Victoria talks about health and being 
physically fit and sound to do the lifestyle that we have when we're in high demand, right? You know, we want to be able, we want to, we want to be healthy. We want to be good stewards of our bodies. Victoria also talks about wealth in the sense of your purpose, your calling in your life and how we need to choose to think when it comes to our wealth, our finances, our income, our money, our future in terms of our style of of living and life and our generosity and all of those things. Maybe you tune in because we talk about relationships and how important it is to choose to think in our relationships. And that's meaningful no matter your age, whether it's you're married, you're looking to be married, you're single. I was single for 20 years. So I think some some of those gals who are listening in that age bracket, maybe they could relate to so many episodes where I share the challenges of being single. And now I'm married. And of course, there are a whole new slew of challenges when you're married. Marriage is hard work. And it may be fun and I'm probably still on my honeymoon and, but there've been a few bumpy spots along the way. And, but by, with God's help, my husband and I are so determined to do things God's way this time. And that's really exciting. But let me tell you, it's not always easy. And what marriage reveals to me is that, gosh, I still got so many issues in my heart because when you're single, you can kind of do what you want, right? But suddenly you're married and, mm, there's somebody else to consider. And I've come to find out that maybe I was selfish. Maybe I was bullheaded. Maybe I was always wanting my way. Maybe I always argued or reasoned my way out of my own issues. And maybe when there's a constructive piece of criticism that comes with my way, I'm like, by golly, you know, I get my back up. So, you know, I, I have to choose to think when it comes to this new relationship and, and it's exciting. There's always growth here and maybe it's your faith. Those are the four areas really that we that we talk about on the show. We have so many amazing guests coming on to talk to you about those things, to encourage you in your faith, in your health, in your emotional and physical health, in your relationships, and in your purpose. So it's so exciting. I'm so grateful that you're tuning in and that you're listening. And things are settling down on my end. We're in the house, still doing house projects, have a list of get-to-do items, and we're just hacking away at those. I've had a few friends over helping me to decorate and put things on the wall and make this home our home. You know, we always want our home not just to be a house where people are welcomed and just be very sterile and, and ugh, but instead to be a home where this is a sanctuary where God is here. Do you strive to do that in your home? Do you want people to enter your house and say, wow, it feels different here. Wow, there's a different aura, a different sense of there's light and there's love and there's laughter and there's freedom and forgiveness and unity in your home. Do people say that about your house? Well, how do you create that? Fortunately, I have a friend who helps me do that. And that's what we're aiming to do over these next few days and and months as we're entering into the holiday season and coming into the fall. And so things are popping. I'm still teaching, working, teaching Spanish online at several universities in, in Kentucky. And I'm enjoying that. I, I was able to reduce my workload a little bit there and increase my workload with the, and I call it a worship load because my work is my worship. But, and you're saying, eh, Victoria, that's just semantics. Well, let me tell you, semantics on your brain, big deal. You want to watch the words that you say. You want to reframe your mindsets so that you're engaged, you're energized, you're uplifted, not always, you know, I got to go to work. 
you know, well, how does that feel? How does that, what does that do? That dampens your spirit, but man, I get to worship today. Ah, different experience. So may your work also be your worship, but at any rate, things are good here overall and just enjoying this fall season. I love the fall. It's one of my favorite times of the year. So I'm really excited about, uh, about everything that's coming. I'm a little tired because we've had a whirlwind 2022, man, it has been one big whirlwind, but I know that things are finally starting to slow down just a little bit. And I'm glad about that. So on today's show, we're actually going to dip into the Psalms. As you know, I flip flop between an interview with an amazing guest who will also encourage you in your faith and in all those areas of your life, as well as a study on the Psalm. And today's Psalm is Psalm 38. I want to read to you what Charles Spurgeon says about Psalm 38. This comes from a commentary called The Treasury of David, and he references this psalm as one of King David's penitential psalms. Now, a penitential psalm is a psalm when you're you're penitent or you're saying, mm, I'm sorry, I I goofed. It's think penitentiary when you you know you go to prison for something, you're you're held bondage for something. And of course, David is talking about sin. And of all people, he ought to know, right? And some, you know, at least Spurgeon suggests that that David wrote this psalm when he was either dealing with some kind of grievous calamity in his life, maybe a disease, or when he rightly judged to be inflicted upon him for his sins. He was judged. He was being judged for his sins. And he either, Spurgeon suggests that he either wrote that to God or to himself. He said he might have written it to God because, and I'm quoting here, by by this humble and mournful prayer, he might prevail with God to remember and pity him. For now, he seemed quite to have forgotten him. Have you ever felt forgotten by God? Yeah, especially when you're like, man, things are coming down hard on me, Lord. Hold on here. I can't, I can't do my life kind of stuff. And especially if you've ever entered a time or season of sin or making poor, for, poor, choices, then wow, you know, you, you really may seem forgotten by God then, especially if you have repented and you're like, okay, um, I'm changing my ways, Lord. Can you please show up here? Or Spurgeon goes on to say that he may have just written the Psalm to himself. And I'm quoting that by reviewing this Psalm afterwards, he might call to mind his former danger and misery and God's wonderful mercy in delivering him from them, which we are very apt to forget and that others also might remember and consider what God had done to him first in chast- chastening and then in restoring him and might make use of his example for their benefit. Do you see what Spurgeon's saying there? He's saying, hey, David may have written this to himself and to serve as an example for many other people about what does sin do in your life? And he shares, this is what it did to me. I want you to read this. This is what it did to me. And I want you to remember, and I want you to what? Not sin. Don't step into that direction. Now, I seriously doubt that if you are in big time sin season of your life, that you would be listening to the Choose to Think Inspirational podcast. You know, I can look back on those agonizing moments when I walked away from God. And the last thing I wanted to do was read the word, go to church, connect with other Christians or talk or pray to God. No way. I ran from God and all things God. But I thought, is there something for you in this psalm? Something for you as you're listening right now? Well, I think so, because it can really serve as a sober reminder to keep your heart on the up and up. The temptation to sin is a slippery slope. 
Now, you know that, don't you? Because before you know it, you goof. Now, there are grievous sins and then maybe not so grievous sins in our own human eyes. However, some people suggest that God views all sin about the same. We do know that the consequences of stealing a ream of copy paper at work, for example, versus shooting and murdering your colleague at work, well, those are vastly different. And there are vastly different degrees of impact and certainly trauma. So I'm curious. Let me digress just for a second. But do you know the seven R's for living your best thought life? You'll find it in the newly revised 365-day devotional called the Choose to Think, Fight Peace, Joy, Hope, Health, and Freedom Everyday Devotional. Now, that's what I was talking about just a moment ago that I've revised and that I'll be signing at Fayette Mall in Lexington, Kentucky. But these are five-minute daily devotionals to get you going in the right mental direction every day, but with a boatload of practical applications to boot. Now, I'm only asking this question now because if you are familiar with the signature method to take your thoughts captive and to be transformed through the renewing of your mind, then you will know that most of your thoughts are repeated and negative. Thus, the seven R's for living your best thought life. I take you through a method of kind of reversing that and helping you to pivot to healthy thinking. That's what the method is all about. So that you can find peace, joy, hope, health, freedom, all of those things as you go. Now, you will know, given that most of your thoughts are repeated and negative, okay, you're going to know that because we talk about that a lot in the book. And you're going to have ways to overcome that. And what I'm meaning by that is those thoughts that are negative and repeated could be a horrible memory that you've relived a billion times. And unwittingly, you only keep it kind of fresh in your memory store, ready for rapid recall. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know, I still still feel kind of queasy when the phone rings, like especially when it's an odd hour, like in the middle of the night. Uh Uh-huh. That gets me. I can even think about it and it gets me. Do you want to know why? Well, tune into one of the earlier episodes of the podcast as I share the harrowing story of my daughter's automobile accident. My point is this. In the seven R's, I teach you to ditch the negative toxic thinking altogether, including those memories that beat you down over and over again, perhaps keeping you trapped in fear. But today I'd like to offer one benefit of re-engaging those negative, painful memories, and it's to keep your heart soft when it comes to sin. And this is what David is talking about. He's like, "Mm, I'm going to write this down in a psalm, in this poem, this song, S-O-N-G, and I want myself to be edified and to remember this later. I want people who read it or hear it also to remember the dangers of sin. Some of the memories that you engage may be all the daggone guilt you you have felt from that season of your life when you were not living for God and doing things God's way. Your memories can be ever so painful. Psalm 38 suggests that it is healthy and even helpful to recall your former misery, as well as the devastating consequences of your sin or waywardness. But why? Because it just may prevent you from repeating your past mistakes. When your child touches that hot stove and gets burned, the memory serves as a strong preventative against they're doing that again. It's the same way here. Let's take just a few moments today to conjure to mind those devastating consequences of sin. When was that time for you? And now we're not going to stay stuck here by any means. We're just priming the pump. I want you to have 
sensitivity about your past. You don't live in the guilt and that pressed down feeling, Mm-mm. but you can use that guilt in a positive way to influence your future and to help you make godly decisions as you go along in life. Now, are you right this moment teetering on the brink of doing something that you absolutely know you shouldn't? Are you taking a shortcut at work? Are you considering an extramarital affair? And maybe you're justifying your your thoughts and your decisions and your choices along the way. Are you negotiating your in your business with another business owner who does not seem to be on the up and up? Are you caught in a web of lies within your family? Are you gossiping and slandering someone else? Are you living in constant turmoil and conflict? And the words of your mouth are only digging you deeper in. Okay, you get the picture. Every sinful choice we make started with one single thought. And over time, that thought morphed into more and more thoughts, which impacted your feelings and emotions and ultimately your actions. As a divine deterrent to future sinning or to stop whatever you may be contemplating right now, you may be thinking about doing right now that is not of God, take a moment to reflect on what King David says about sin. And let's face it, he ought to know. He gives us three perspectives to remember. Number one, the aftermath of sin is heavy. It's a burden. It's excruciating, inflicting, festering, disgusting wounds to our soul. Sin crushes and bends you down to your lowest point. Sinful behavior zaps your emotional and spiritual and even physical health. It hurts. It not only hurts you, but it hurts others and the very heart of God, leaving many folks heartbroken and devastated. Okay, do you get the weight and the heaviness here? Number two, sin isolates you from God and others. It's like no one knows what to say or how to even help you. Even your loved ones may enable you in unhealthy ways. When you were stuck in the throes of addiction or unhealthy behavior patterns, do you remember how closed off you became? For me, it was like I was living some sort of double life. I had this external Victoria, that person everyone saw and knew and loved, and then the hidden away Victoria. And my behavior isolated me from God and from intimate relationships and accountability with my loved ones. And living that kind of dual life, man, talk about a brain drain, an emotional drain. It's hard to keep that up. You are only accountable as you allow yourself to be. Do you have an accountability partner? I do. And now I have my husband too. But an accountability partner doesn't fit the bill if you're not transparent and vulnerable before them. Remember I was talking earlier about vulnerability, connection, deep connection, heartfelt connection, being yourself and transparent before someone. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about here. You're only accountable to someone as you allow yourself to be. So position yourself in ways to really be vulnerable and authentic. Truly, nothing you've ever done or could do has never been done or or said before, right? We often, we think when we're making poor choices that we're the only one who does this, or this has never been done before. And we, we trip ourselves up with that thought. And that's just not true. You know, you may even stop speaking to others and stop hearing what they have to say. Essentially, you become deaf and mute when you're not transparent and vulnerable, when you're not open. That's the consequence of sin makes you become deaf and mute. It's a horrible position and state to be in. So sin isolates you from God and others. And also sin is heavy. It's burdensome. And number three, 
in the Psalm, we're going to find out what David says is the remedy. He says, you got to call out to God, confess your sins and repent. Now, when you confess your sins, you got to have someone to talk to, right? So that maybe your accountability partner could simply be God, a real heartfelt confession to God. And then you wait, you wait for God to move, to act on your behalf and to show himself to you in seemingly miraculous ways. You hope in God. Listen, what Dietrich Bonhoeffer, you know, he hit the nail on the head as he talks about cheap grace versus, let's say, costly grace. He says this, quote, cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance, baptism without church discipline, communion without confession, absolution without personal confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship, grace without the cross, grace without Jesus Christ, end quote. When you confess and repent, you will be forgiven indeed. God will restore you. He washes you clean. He forgets your sin, casting it as far as the east is from the west. He restores your soul. It really is amazing grace that you and I have received, but it was oh so costly, not cheap. Romans 6, 23 says the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. First Corinthians 6, 20 says, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. First Peter 2, 24 says he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds. You have been healed. So maybe you can listen to this psalm and give thanks to God for where he has brought you, both in your original sin and salvation, all the way to those seasons of your life when you were caught in the miry clay of sin. It is sobering to remember the heaviness of this time, the isolation you felt, but it is infinitely more impactful to recall God's great grace for you upon confession and repentance for when you were dead, You were then made alive again. This is what propels you to move forward and share this good news with others who need to experience this saving grace. Won't you tell a friend today about Jesus Christ? Okay, let's listen to Psalm 38, which is a Psalm of David, a petition. Psalm 38, the NIV version, Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Your arrows have pierced me and your hand has come down on me. Because of your wrath, there is no health in my body. There is no soundness in my bones because of my sin. My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. My wounds fester and are loathsome because of my sinful folly. I am bowed down and brought very low. All day long I go about mourning. My back is filled with searing pain. There is no health in my body. I am feeble and utterly crushed. I groan in anguish of heart. All my longings lie open before you, Lord. My sighing is not hidden from you. My heart pounds. My strength fails me. Even the light has gone from my eyes. My friends and companions avoid me because of my wounds. My neighbors stay far away. Those who want to kill me set their traps. Those who would harm me talk of my ruin. All day long they scheme and lie. 
I am like the deaf who cannot hear, like the mute who cannot speak. I have become like one who does not hear, whose mouth can offer no reply. Lord, I wait for you. You will answer, Lord my God. For I said, do not let them gloat or exalt themselves over me when my feet slip. For I am about to fall and my pain is ever with me. I confess my iniquity. I am troubled by my sin. Many have become my enemies without cause. Those who hate me without reason are numerous. Those who repay my good with evil lodge accusations against me, though I seek only to do what is good. Lord, do not forsake me. Do not be far from me. My God, come quickly to help me, my Lord and my Savior. And this is the word of the Lord. Hey, Brain Changer, I hope you've had a lot of encouragement from today's episode. And if that is you, if you're saying, you know, Victoria, I'm on the brink of sin and I know that I'm doing things, I'm just flirting around with sinning and I've really forgotten the impact that it can have on me and on my loved ones, I want to take a moment and I want to pray for you. So let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for this day that you've given. Today is the day that we will rejoice and be glad in. And Father, I think of that person and she knows who she is or he knows who he is, who is struggling right now and would love nothing more than not only a do-over for where they've come, but they would also love to say, you know what? I'm going to confess my sin right now before God, and I'm going to turn things around. Father, give them the unction of their spirits to confess and to realize and recognize that they don't want to go where they have been before in their lives, that they want to, they want a clean slate right now, this moment. And Father, I'm so thankful that your mercies are new every single morning. Your grace, your amazing grace is there for them. Father, I ask that through this conviction of their heart that they would come to to you and that they would lean upon you and you and your word, that you would comfort them, that you would restore their soul, and that you would give them a hunger for your word like they've never had before. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And that's a wrap, Brain Changer. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao.